Hello everyone, welcome to another episode of The Green Room with Neil Griffiths on the Handshake Media Network. Thanks for tuning in. Now I know that I usually release episodes on a Friday morning, Friday afternoon, get off my back and busy, but today I'm releasing it on a Thursday morning and that's because I want to talk about a film that has been released today. It's called Britney Runs a Marathon. I saw this last week and it being late October, early November, whenever the hell you're listening to this, it's easily one of the best films of 2019, no question. Which leads me to my guests this week. Firstly, the film's lead star, Gillian Bell. So, most people will know Gillian from Workaholics. She plays Alice's weird assistant, Gillian Belk. Uh, You may also know her from 22 Jump Street. Uh, She plays Mercedes, who's the character that constantly gives Jonah Hill shit for being old. What was it like when you invented soup? What are you guys wearing? You look like the old uncles and the descendants. You guys look like the stars of a cop show called Hawaiian Dads. Do you want to hear the theme song? Sure. We think we're cool. We think we're rad. We were born in 1942. We're Hawaiian Dads and cops. Yeah, that's Jillian. So obviously she's a very funny woman and is personally she's one of my favourite actors in comedy right now. Uh, but with Britney Runs a Marathon, we see a whole new side to Jillian. She plays Britney based on the true story of Britney O'Neill who decides to make a gigantic change in her life and trains for the New York City Marathon. So you'll hear in this chat with Gillian that I say this film could easily have been a, a cheesy comedy, it could have been a very serious drama, but Britney Runs a Marathon finds a perfect balance, and with it, Gillian's performance is mind-blowing. So in the lead-up to these interviews, I had to see the film uh, in a private theatre. In this session, I would say there was maybe seven, maybe eight, nine at a push people in this room. By the end of it, every single person was either crying had to finish up crying because they had to leave the cinema. It was actually a really intense experience because I think most people, when you hear Gillian Bell as the lead star in a film, is going to be a straight-up comedy. And don't get me wrong, it is very funny, but there is a lot more to this film. Honestly, I think it's going to put her on the map in a very, very big way. Uh, so I sat down and spoke with Gillian, who was in Sydney this week to promote the film, and we spoke about why she needed this role, her desire to play a, quote, real human being, and um, what it means for her career moving forward. Check it out. How do you tape it for a podcast? It's audio. Oh, it's just... I'll just take the audio and... From this? Yeah. Great. Mm. That's how audio works. <laughs> Jillian. <laughs> Uh-oh, she's starting to get tired. Welcome to Sydney. Thank you. How, how long have you been in the country for? Great question. Um, I would say a little over 24 hours now. Right, okay. Jet lag? Sure. Sure. Yeah, what year is it? 2019. Great. I think. Love that year. Um, Julia, <laughs> happy so, to be in it. I have been a fan of yours. I don't want to say since day dot, because that would be a lie. I mean, what was the very first thing you did? The first thing I did was um, a co star on a show called Worst Week. And then the second thing was Curb Your Enthusiasm. Right. So I've, since about Workaholics. Okay, great. And then since then, I've kind of gone back and gone through your, your work. I'm such a fan. Thank you. Brittany Runs a Marathon opens a whole new door for you. It's very different. For you, I know that you had meetings with Paul, and I think the producers also said there was a point where you refused to let anyone else play Brittany. Well, that sounds harsh. <laughs> I think I was just like, please, I was more desperate. What? about it specifically was you needed to have this role? I related to her. I I knew who she was because a lot of parts of her are parts of my actual story, my personal story. And 
I just related to that struggle of what it's like to be in a world and not be a size zero and 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 wanting to pursue a goal but feeling ridiculous about it and um uh, what it's like to be the funny girl who suddenly takes herself seriously. Because there is a world where this could have easily been a straight-up comedy about, you know, a person down their luck trying to lose weight, but there's so many more themes. There's fear, social media in 2019, love, friendship. Which theme worked most for you or that resonated most with you? I mean, I... All of them? I, I don't know. I I will say this. The toxic friendship storyline was very interesting to me and, mm. and one that I hadn't really seen before. Um, exploring what that's like when you spend your energy and your time with someone and, and what it feels like after you're done. You know, I, I often think about when you're done hanging out with someone, do you feel sort of depleted or do you feel like you could go run a marathon? Mm. Uh, and then examining that and sort of uh, figuring out maybe if you need to make some cutbacks in your own uh, uh, life. Because I've just turned 29 like three weeks ago. Okay. So I'm in that age group where, you know, a Happy lot of... Happy birthday to you. How much time do we have on the podcast? Can we finish the song? Okay. <laughs> I'm in that age bracket where... You know, people from school have, have changed drastically in the sense maybe they've they've gotten married, maybe they had three kids by now. Right. You know, the guy who was butt naked running through the parties uh, in winter has is now the father of four is children. Now the president of the United yeah, States. The, sure. These crazy changes that make you look at your own life, no matter what you're doing, and thinking, shit, am am I where I should be? Right. What is that place that I should be? It's terrifying, yeah. really. It's it's cool to see it in a film. You know, there's not a lot of people who talk about how they've feel stuck at mm. that age of like what am I going to do especially with social media <clears throat> you know uh, you're you're seeing constantly like everybody's highlights and thinking that's their daily life um, I, I think it's very frustrating <laughs> in that period of your life because I mean when you were 29 you would have been doing workaholics you would have been doing a bunch of stuff did you still have those moments where you're sure. looking around going so what I, I did 22 Dump Street with Joan Hill and Chain Time I'm not doing this I mean I'm <sighs> Both. It's, I'm very grateful uh, for what I get to do with my life. But I also, you know, everybody has goals and big dreams. And I think for me, I've always wanted to, to write and, and produce and, and do my own <clears throat> material. So I'm, I, I shot a television show. It went two seasons. But I just wrote a movie. I'm hoping to do that within the next year. you got to have more dreams and more goals. But it's, it's how you look at it. I mean, some mm. of the time, I guess, beating yourself up over not doing it yet is is good because it drives you. But then yeah. to, to focus on it too much also ruins your life and, yeah. and, and messes up the present moment you're in. Your career specifically, again, with so much comedy, you're one of the funniest comics. Can I call you? It's okay to call you a comic, right? People, some people yeah, get offended. Sure. Like, I'm not a comic, I'm an actor. Uh, sure. Yeah. You're one of the funniest that I've seen in the last Thank decade. You. But again, this role, there's a lot of dramatic elements. There's yes. a lot more to it. Was that something you were excited about or something you, that was very nerve-wracking for you? Both. I was really excited about it. Uh, it's a challenge I haven't taken on. But I was also like, you could f- fail uh, when so far, you know, things have been going pretty well. Mm. <laughs> so it's it's scary to step out of your comfort zone. But I think it's 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 good to. And um, so far, it's it's been wonderful. You did a, a panel with Kate McKinnon, I think, in August? Yes. And something interesting you said is, I, I was looking for a role to play a real human being. Yes. Is that because someone like Gillian Belk is not a real human being? Gillian Belk <laughs> is sort of a human, but she's pretty wild. Yeah. She's pretty crazy. I've played a lot of odd ladies. Um, uh, 
drug dealers, pimps. Um, the usuals. The usuals. Sure. Uh, the normal women you run into. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, this woman had, like, a real beating heart, and, and I... I I was I was very nervous to take it on, and I I, I felt like a responsibility. Not only because it's based off of, um, inspired by a, a real woman's story, Brittany O'Neill, who's incredible, and I wanted to do her justice. And uh, but I I also just thought about what this movie was saying, and it was bigger than just the character. And 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 I thought that was important to sort of relook at our value systems and and and. And to make life a little bit about yourself and, and figure out your own path. Do you know where that path is now for you? Uh, hopefully it's um, in my personal life just being a kinder human being to myself, which I'm, I'm doing better at. Um, in uh, my professional life, it's, it's, it's writing more and, and making more content on yeah. my own. Because you did, I know that you did a year on SNL. Yes. Uh, and you did a very famous interview with Conan. You had a run-in with Justin Timberlake. <laughs> I did. Now that you're officially a leading lady, yes. can you just call Justin, clear the air, maybe do a movie together? Do you have your phone? I do have my phone. Do you have I? Justin Timberlake's phone? I, I have Jessica's number. Is that close? You do? Oh, no, my God. Oh, no. I was <laughs> like, I, got, I started sweating. I was like, oh, no, it's becoming real. Uh, no, I don't think I could just reach out to just him. Just to but clarify again, for people who don't know the incident, do you just want to quickly rehash what happened? You were in a room with Justin Timberlake. He was riffing with Kristen Wiig, and you said... Well, I can't just say the line. I they were riffing about, they were joking about her looking good on a poster, and she was like, "Look at my butt!" Like they were just totally doing a bit, and they're like, "How good her butt look?" And I said, "Yeah, put a penis in her butt." Yeah. And then there was silence in the room. Kind of like this right now. Yeah, like this right now. And um, uh, I I don't know. I I, I messed it up royally and. And uh, but it makes for a, a, a silly story. Have you met Justin since? No, I haven't. Do you know if he's seen this movie yet? No, I don't. You should find that. It's been <laughs> the idea that Justin Timberlake has seen this movie would just blow my just blew my mind. Really? <laughs> yeah. Right. I went back to being seventeen again. <laughs> Does this mean you're going to be doing a lot more non-comedy roles? Again, Britney Runs Marathon is a very funny film. Yes, but it's got comedy. Be aware, people. Drama. This is not just a straight-up comedy. No. Not at all. No. I would love to do more films like this. Yeah. That has um, drama with a bit of levity in it. Uh, I, I enjoy it. I, I had a great time. I'm in every scene of this movie, which is a lot, so I apologize for everyone. But <laughs> I, had, I had a great time, and, and, and uh, I thought this character was, was something I've never seen before. It really felt like a, a movie I wanted to see when I was a young girl. We have to mention it as well. You are going to be in Bill and Ted 3. That's true. Can you tell us anything about it? Here's the ending. Um, <laughs> no, I can't, I can't talk too much about it, but I, I was there the first day that they were getting into character and, and shooting, and uh, that was crazy to witness. Yeah. I'm, I'm a big fan of theirs, and I love the films, so I can't wait to see it myself. Yeah. I'm a big fan. Um, well, we're looking forward to see what happens next. you got the career trajectory of like a Helen Mirren. Right? In 50 years, you'll you know, be nothing but British-speaking roles. Every, and you hinted this in this movie. I can't tell you how many times I've heard that statement. Um, <laughs> it, uh, actually, I can't tell you. It's one. It's this moment right now. Right now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Mirror, it's like, what? Um, no, I don't know. <laughs> well, every, a lot of people who are leading to this interview, they're like, oh, Gillian's so funny. I'm like, yeah, but just remember... There's a lot more to this. Thank and you. And you do it so well. Thank you. So I, I, I You're just, a gem. Thank you. And congratulations. Oh, thank you.
Can we just, just how many more minutes do we have? Just say thank, thank you back you. and forth. <laughs> Jillian, thank you so much for coming by. Thank you. Thank you. We'll see you soon. Thanks. Thanks, so Thanks much. Jillian. That was fun. Such a fan. Brittany runs a marathon director Paul Downs Calazo also flew to Sydney this week and he jumped on the podcast to have a little chat with me. Now, interestingly, while this is Jillian's first feature as a lead, it's also Paul's first ever feature full stop. The story goes that Paul, who's actually a New York playwright, was scouted by Brittany Runs a Marathon producers, Toby Maguire, yes, Spider-Man, that Toby Maguire, and Matthew Plough. Uh, they saw him after one of his plays and asked what other ideas he had, and he pitched this idea, which is based on his real-life friend, Brittany O'Neill. And the rest is really history. So in this chat, I spoke with Paul about why Gillian was really the only option to play Brittany, uh, and the story behind him telling Gillian during a very honest conversation that, quote, we will either both succeed or fail with this film. Bum, bum, bum. Okay, I'm sorry, but here's my chat with Paul. Check it out. Sorry. All right. Burping after that. Well, that's the perfect way to start the podcast. Yeah, great. Uh, Paul, welcome to Sydney, mate. Congratulations on Britney Runs a Marathon. Thank you. I saw it last week. Incredible. Thanks. Um, We were just talking off camera. The producers, Tobey Maguire and Matthew Plough. Plough. Strictly Plough. We nailed it. Yes. Uh, Tell me, the first meeting you had with Toby, he came to one of your shows in New York. Is that correct? Yeah. uh, I had a play in New York in 2013 called Really, Really. He came to the second preview. And I was, you know, we're in the middle of previews, so I wasn't knowing how it was going, and I was embarrassed about everything because I'm a tortured artist. And <laughs> uh, and we had a, a few generals after that, and it, basically he said, you know, how can we support you? What what do you want to work on? And there was a, I said, I, I want to write this movie about my friend who gets her shit together training for the New York City Marathon. Was that happening as... That as you're, as you're filming, filming as you're doing this play, Brittany was going through this? That started in 2011, I right. believe. Yeah, okay. 2011. And so I'd been outlining it, but I hadn't written any script for it or anything. It was just sort of this idea that I was hoping mm. to pursue. And they bought it off of that logline. And then wow. I developed it with them for two years, two and a half years. And then I came on as director. During that period when you said Brittany was training for the marathon did you have this in the back of your mind like shit this would make an incredible film yeah and i told her while she was training for the marathon but no pressure what was that no pressure well yeah i mean you know the character of Brittany in the movie is different than my real life friend Brittany, but similar in a lot of ways really what i took was her emotional journey and this sort of catalyst mm. of um, not even the exact same catalyst but the idea that this person who was really funny and the funniest person I ever met and was happy to make herself a joke for other people's comforts in, you know, little moments yeah. like we all are sometimes, um, was willing to, was starting to define a goal for herself and pursue that uh, with an earnest uh, um, tenacity. And that was really compelling to me. Yeah. It was really interesting. I was reading some notes and one of the things that you said you needed to get right with Brittany is kind of putting the spotlight on the fat sidekick, yeah. the hot mess. Um, bringing in someone like Gillian Bell, who obviously has a great career as far as comedy goes. Right. How many meetings did it take with Gillian to say, this is Brittany, this is it? You know, we met... I, she When I saw 22 Jump Street, I wondered sort of off the cuff if <clears throat> that'll be Brittany someday. And then when it came time to actually cast, I knew that she was a great comedian and I loved her comedic work. The question was is she a dramatic actress? Mm. Because the movie had to play both sides of the tone. 
and I was meeting with actresses, and we met, and she had an instant... Uh, when we met, it was obvious she had a real... She had a protective feeling over the character. She had a cerebral understanding of the journey. She also had an emotional one, because she had parallels in her own life between this, what the character was going through and what she's gone through. <coughs> and the question was, well... You know, and, and with that alone, there was sort of excitement. Uh, but the question really is, at that point, well, does she have a dramatic understanding? You know, you're looking for all of your actors to play human action mm. and, and embody it with, uh, with uh, as much uh, nuance as possible. Um, and her work was really comedic before that, which yeah. sort of goes against that sometimes. And it was, uh, you know, we had we had a few meetings, and then it was after, and I had hoped, you know, by the time when we cast her, I was hoping. And then we had one meeting in L.A. Uh, six months before we started filming where I heard her say one line is Brittany, and I felt great. I thought, oh, we're going to be in good hands. Mm. And she and I went every week uh, via Skype because I live in New York, over the script, word for word. I come from theater. I wanted to be word perfect to the script. I um, really think that stories are told word by word, and it's important, especially with this story, where the character is the protagonist and the antagonist, and the whole journey really happens inside of her, mm-hmm. that we stay true to the words. Uh, and so by the time we showed up on set, she and I were on so, so the same page about the story we were telling. And... Uh, you know, we had to become teammates. We knew that. She had never been a lead in a film before. I had never directed anything before. And so we didn't want to let the other one down. And we mm. wanted to show up as much as we I could. I was going to say the parallels between yourself as a director and Gillian coming into this are very similar. First for you, yes. um, putting yourself out there as, as a feature film director. Yeah. For Gillian, showing more than just, I'm more than just the funny one. Yeah. I mean, for both of us, we were breaking out of what we had defined ourselves to be and hoping that we could, you know, be triumphant as we pushed ourselves to try something we'd never tried before, mm. which was exactly the same story as the character. And that yeah. was sort of the other thing that was going to make Jillian's performance electric and really did, I think, was that she as a human was going through emotionally in some sort of thematic ways the same thing that the character yeah. was going through. Is it true that you guys had a, a sit-down and you said the line, which sounds like it's straight out of a movie, you said we will either succeed or fail with this film. Yeah, I said it's... Which sounds daunting as hell. What I, well, the point of that was, we'll, it, it's either both of us or neither of us at the end of this film. Yeah. We either both succeed or we both fail with this film. And we, she agreed. We knew that that was the case. We were telling a personal character story. I have to go in there and edit it. I have to, you know, go in there and create the film. She has to embody it perfectly, beautifully, and drive the story forward with her actions and behaviors. You, you know, you can't you can't fuck that up. Mm. You have to really work together to tell that story. Yeah, and you mentioned as well that you you like word-for-word scripts. People who know Jillian's work, she is a great improv yeah. actor. Did that... Was there any conflict initially as far as... Um, you know, it was... I remember the moment I said to her, just so you know, I go word-for-word. She loved the script and wanted to... <clears throat> sort of tell that story as it was presented to her originally anyway. Um, but it was a new exercise uh, for her uh, in terms of going, getting as word perfect as possible. And the great thing about it was with each word came a discussion about character. Is this the right word? She would call me with questions. She would say, this one isn't ringing true. Sometimes I'd say, yeah, let's change it a little bit. And sometimes I'd say, I, I think I, I need you to stick with it and just see if things fall into place mm. if you try it from another angle. So uh, it was, that seven months was also about us finding our process together. There are a few moments in the film that 
called for improv just because the actors were so good at it. I mean, they're so good at it, how could you not use that? But really only like three or 4% of the film has that in it. Wow. M- most of it is is. I think Gillian said just that opening scene where she's kind of bringing people into the theater. There are also a few other lines yeah. throughout that are just really funny that they threw yeah. out. Or even I got into the spirit sometimes and would throw lines at them. Yeah. Uh, but mainly it's, it, mainly it's the script. So I saw the film in a private theater. Uh, tears at the end from across like I think there's only about nine people in this private thing and you could hear people sniffling getting out tissues we know I mean, you Instagram Sarah Silverman was a mess when yeah she saw that was awesome what was the real Britney's reaction did you watch it with her the first time yeah in my, she saw the very first cut in my apartment and she cried you know, we both cried. It was really emotional thing, mm. really beautiful, um, cyclically inspirational friendship. And in a lot of ways, it was my marathon. She was one of the ones who was sort of like, I think you should direct this thing. She was sort of pushing me to, no. you know, in the way that I was sort of pushing her to take control of her life, she was pushing me to take control of mine. So mm. it's really been a gift. Jillian said her the most difficult scene for her was, uh, no spoilers, but a scene where she kind of has a confrontation with, with an overweight person yeah. later in the film. Was that... Was that the toughest one for you as well, or was there a completely different scene or sequence that was probably emotionally tough on you? You know, it was a really tough scene to shoot on a practical level also. Airplanes flying overhead, the sun is setting, it's outdoors. Uh, you want to... you and, also, and on top of everything Jillian was probably talking about, which is the emotionality of that scene... Uh, so that was a really difficult scene, but honestly, nothing. We only had 28 days to film the movie. <clears throat> Everything was pretty go go go. So, like when I think back, what was difficult? It's when we lost power for a day and a half. You know, <laughs> stuff like that that yeah. you just there's you work really hard to find workarounds for. But um, the, you know, it's really my job when it came to sort of that the tough emotional stuff was to create an environment where people felt. Um, uh, safe to get that raw and I'm not always that's not the same as my as my normal pace you know I I needed to drive that truck to get this movie through all of the scenes and so it was about calibrating in those moments in those specific moments how to sort of let the energy breathe a little bit more so that we could we could let things that are uncomfortable be uncomfortable and um and sit in it what does it mean for the future? Because I just spoke with Jillian. She liked my, my idea of her becoming the next Helen Mirren. Um, yeah, that, who wouldn't like that? <laughs> for you, though, are you, is feature films now what you'll do moving forward? Are you going straight back to theatre? Do you want to do a mix? I'm going to go where the inspiration takes me. I never thought that I was going to direct a movie. Uh, I think I'm going to keep doing a few of them. Uh, that's what I'm figuring out right now. Mm. Uh, but I, I really don't want to tie myself down or define that yet for myself I want to if I want to go where the fire takes me so right now I'm really interested in uh, the the medium of film in directing films uh, mm-hmm. also there's one I've been writing for about a year and a little over a year now that I'm interested in seeing how that develops just as a piece of art before yeah. deciding what to do with it um, but my hope is to just really tell dramatic stories in 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 the medium that's best for the story I'm curious to know as well, because I know that initially when you pitched yourself to direct this, uh, Toby and Matthew said, uh, you know, maybe not the best idea. What was it that won them over in the end? I mean, I don't know. You'd have to ask them. Ultimately, what I did was I made like a 50-page book uh, with 
storyboards and tonal stuff and casting stuff and really sort of spelled out how the tone of this movie needed to be protected, that in the wrong hands it could become a broad comedy that was disrespectful to our main mm. character, and in someone else's wrong hands it could become a really saccharine, navel-gazy drama uh, that was sort of about white girl problems. And so it, it needed to balance a tone that had a universality to it that allowed our main character to be fun and real and funny and also hopeless and pathetic and uh, uh, relatable. So I, I would guess that that had something to do with it because that's what that, that's what made me feel like I needed to tell the story was I had written it specifically with a vision in mind and I wanted to protect that vision. Watching interviews with you and Jillian as well there's obviously a lot of chemistry there you guys obviously work together now for quite some time but using those words like you just said like pathetic having to be hopeless like Mm -hmm. are you that brutal when you're sitting down with her discussing this character and what she needs to portray on screen? Uh, I mean it's less you know Talking over the script when you're looking to dive into the scene work, it's less about the analytical stuff like I would talk to you about or even, you know, talk in broad strokes to myself about and more about behavior and action and, you know, what is the character's desire? What are they doing to get that? What are the obstacles? And figuring out how this specific character pursues what she wants. Sort of basic Aristotle stuff, you know? And then in looking at the specifics of those technical things, that's where character can come through and that's where you know when you add the lovely beating heart that is Jillian Bell and the phenomenal actors that are in the supporting cast you can you can keep the dramatic action moving forward and also feel feel for these people Toby and Matt said it best. You know the nitty-gritty so well, so congratulations Thank on this you. film. When Gillian wins an Oscar in 40 years' time for, I'm sure, a British-speaking role, you need to be the first person she thanks because you've done an incredible job. You should that, be really proud of her. She's done it all herself. She's amazing. <laughs> Thank you, though. Paul, thank you again, man. Congratulations. Thanks. Woo! Woo! That's our episode. Thank you so much for listening. Again, Brittany Runs a Marathon is out in cinemas across Australia right now. You'll see the trailer on the same page as this podcast. So if you need any more convincing, go watch that. But trust your best friend, Neil. This is one of the best films of the year. Go see it. And we'll talk about it next week. Not sure how. We'll figure that out. Doesn't matter. Catch you next week.